0: Did you miss me so much? Did you really? Yeah, I did. I was like, "Where is she I abroad?" In Amsterdam, yeah. <laughs> but I liked seeing your little social media updates. Thanks. It looked like you had a lot of fun. So much fun. Oh. Did you have something to tell I have me? like a little story. Okay, go. It's not crazy, but, but it's funny. Me. Okay. So I went on a date this week with a Tinder man. He Ooh. was really handsome. He was like 6'3". Really wow. Well built. Wait, how tall are you? Wait, 5'5". Five, 5'6". Five. Five, oh. oh, so close. Mm. Um, Almost 6'9". Anyway, mm. yeah, he was hot and we got drinks, but he turned out to be just like kind of quiet and he was nice, but I wasn't super into it. So I went to say goodbye to him. And I went to give him a hug and, like, kissed him on the cheek. And as I was kissing him on the cheek, I think he got confused and he put his tongue in my ear. What? (laughs) And I was just like, okay, bye. And as I was walking, I was like, wait, like, he really did put his tongue in my ear because my ear is wet right now. And no matter how many times I, like, wiped it, it still felt wet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can you just walk me through, like, so you kiss him on the cheek. He, uh... Tongue fucks your ear, and then what happened?
0: <laughs> well, so no, I I like it was great meeting you. I had a good night. I go in for the hug, and then I like turn my face to kiss his cheek, and I don't know if he thought I was going in for a kiss. So I guess as my mouth was on his cheek, like perhaps his mouth was on my ear, and he was like, "Is this a mouth?" And then he just put his tongue in it. <laughs> and it sounds
1: like a bad kiss. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, mean,
0: I could tell how uncomfortable he was, so I didn't say anything. I was just like, and I also knew I didn't really want to hang out with him again so I was like have a good night bye <laughs> but yeah he was so uncomfortable I can't believe he did that I know yeah that's hilarious it was so I funny think he got confused <laughs> <laughs> wrong hole buddy <laughs> uh well I'm sorry that it was a dud you gotta just go out there put yourself out there and then it gave me a fun Story for the pod, yeah, true. Gave us a right laugh. We're dating for content, exactly, not for love Mm-mm. <laughs> or intimacy. Yeah, no. Yeah.
1: Um, I also went on a date. Omg, in Amsterdam. Yeah. Omg. I think that uh dating apps should pay the both of us to travel the world, and Ooh. I'm gonna try and pitch that. I
0: really like that idea.
1: Yeah. Um. I had incredible luck with men on this trip. I did not have sex. I went to Amsterdam last week and then also Paris over the weekend. And then I went back to Amsterdam because that's where my flight was. This was my first time traveling alone. And on my way to the airport, I was so scared. I was texting. Yeah, you know. I, I was remember. like, I was like shaking. I was really I thought I would have wasted all this money. It was going to be a terrible trip. Right. I would be alone. And I kept saying to myself like, no, Ariel, it'll be like a creative trip. You'll just work on orgasmic. You'll go to like a coffee shop in Amsterdam, like smoke a joint, have a little hot chocolate. Yeah. Write some content. I didn't do any of that, which is amazing because <laughs> I was actually having fun. Yeah. So I've been to Paris and Amsterdam before, but the new exhibits in the museums were awesome and shit. Okay. But now it's my date. Yeah. Totally. Well, I do want to say first, my first night I get to this hostel, Stay Okay Park. If you ever go to Amsterdam, stay at that hostel. It's incredible. It's right next to all the museums. Um, and I get in, there's, uh, there's two bunk beds and there were three girls there. And I was just like, hi, where are you guys from? Blah, blah, blah. This girl from Seattle, her name is Olivia. Hi, Olivia. Uh, she's on the top bunk and like we said a couple words to each other. She told me she's a nurse. I thought Seattle was kind of like a Minneapolis sort of thing. And like, she was just a like a A sorority nurse yeah Yeah. okay but she's (laughs)
0: judgmental people from minneapolis can be cool too minneapolis actually it's a pretty cool city
1: well i think just i I was very much judging that she was a nurse and i just had this like picture painted in my head of her uh but i was like oh well like let's hang out tomorrow i didn't really know anything else about her but i just kind of felt the connection and then the next day well turns out she's really fucking cool word um and she like whips out her butt plug to me. She's like, "I don't know. I just feel like comfortable sharing this with you." And I was like, "Actually, I'm a sex influencer." So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we tripped together? Yeah. I was like, "Do you want to trip with me? That's what I'm doing today." Oh she my was God. like, "Yeah." So, that was a really nice bonding That's experience. So cute. Yeah. And then she, we actually, so I booked my flight to Paris late. And we were on the same flight there and then oh like God. we hung out a little bit. So it was really dope having a friend there and like we did some activities together, but then separated. So that was really cool. Um, so I basically drank an entire bottle of wine to myself <laughs> before this Bumble date. Right. Um, it was with this Italian dude who's a scientist. Hot. He's very sexy. Yeah. Uh, and he was going to a Halloween party that night. I think it was like a Friday or Saturday. It was a Friday night. Uh, so he was like, Okay, let's hang from like four to six. And I was like, Okay, sure. <laughs> so we walk through the park and then we get to this bar and he got us drinks and like these little bites to eat, and it was so fun. Aww. Um I have always been averse to dating people who don't speak English as their first language. Mm. I think because my dad speaks English, but to my siblings and I, he only talks in Spanish because he's Argentine. And there's always been this language barrier between us Mm. where I can't really fully express myself to the best ability because I don't know all the words in Spanish right. so with other people I just like it's communication is so important to me when I can't really communicate when they can't either it's like this isn't gonna work but this kid first of all I thought he was American because the way he was texting me and using all of our slang like it seemed like it was his first language and he had pictures of himself in like Boston and New York City because mm. he was studying there um so then when we met I mean he had a thick accent but he
0: it was his English was good
1: yeah so good and he just like are he was like immersed in the same culture as right. me so like meme culture so it was really right. dope and, and um how old is he our age I think okay yeah I'm pretty sure and he well I, was just, I think I was just really lucky like the one dude that I went on a date with where I actually hit it off then I went to Paris so then when I came back um I tripped a second time oh wow at this museum but it didn't work as well because yeah yeah, I like waited four days but I also needed more um to like get that full effect so I was not tripping hard but a little bit and so he came and found me um and then he like paid for my uh train ticket we went to this amazing coffee shop like a weed shop called gray area and the entire Mm. thing is covered with stickers so I put my orgasmic sticker on there um I didn't have any cash. So he went to the ATM and got it 18 euro for a gram of weed. And they rolled a joint in front of you. It was insane. Also, while I was there, I was like really flirting with the guys who were selling us the weed um, and one of them looked like Fezco from Euphoria. Do you know, know what I'm talking that. about? Oh, you have to watch Euphoria, dude. No, it's Yes, it's so good. <laughs> it, and, and even if like you don't like the plot line, I mean, just the visuals are incredible. Yeah. Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about, Fezco. And <laughs> I really hit it off with them. Like, it was so fun. So then I went back the next day. It was my last day. And I was really hoping to see both of them. But only one of them was there, which is fine. And it was the Fezco one. And I gave him my sticker.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And then he DM'd me on Instagram. and He was like, hey, miss, like, I didn't get your name. Um, miss. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's hot. And he was like, it sucks that you're leaving. I would have loved to show you my city. And I was Aww. like, well, that's why I gave you my sticker. Like, I'll be back. So that was dope. <laughs> um, so I felt a lot of pressure when I was going around town. Um, his name is Antonio. I don't give a fuck. The Italian yeah. dude. I felt pressure to... Like that he would expect us to like hook up,
0: mm. but I
1: couldn't bring him to my hostel, and I wasn't going to go to his place. He had to wake up at five a.m., so he like he also had a bedtime like a little Cinderella girl, right? Um, and so I was kind of trying to get him to leave by saying like how I was tired because I didn't want to have that pressure, but I did want to keep hanging out with him. And then eventually, I was just like told shared that with him, oh. and he. I was like, I guess I'm just used to like American douchebags because he said I could walk around with you all night. Like, I don't Aww. care. And he go- <laughs> and he goes, well, you know, I'm Italian. We invented the game and Americans are just like failing miserably at it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was super cute. That's so true.
1: Um, and then he gave me like we were looking through these pictures of his and there was a really funny one of him, a reflection of him in this um uh, store shop with all these cactuses so it was very phallic and very cool oh. and I and he gave it to me and then wrote this like cute little note on the back of it Aww. um so that was a super nice experience and like all we did was make out but it was cute That's so fun and then one more little tidbit when I was in Paris. I went to a restaurant alone and there was it. And I was journaling a lot. I started getting back into journaling and I made eye contact with my waiter. He was like kind of small, but really sexy. And he I fucked me and I'm <laughs> writing down in my journal. Oh, my God, this cute but short waiter uh, is I fucking me. And then I stopped writing because he comes over, starts making conversation with me. Oh my God. I was like, yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. And he was very upset. <laughs> uh, and I was like, "Ooh, like maybe I'll give him my number. But I don't know. I've never done that before. Then he gave me free coffee, oh. so I was like, "He totally wants, yeah, to, he fuck wants me. to fuck me." So uh, before I left, I like handed him a paper with my number, and then he didn't text me. It was like midnight, and I was like, "Damn, his shift is either super long or he's just not going to text me." His shift was just long. Hits <laughs> is me Paris. up. And I, it was like, like I said, it was like 1230 maybe. And he calls me on WhatsApp. I didn't answer. I was like, I'm literally going to sleep. So that was it. But just my incredible luck with like anyone who I wanted to like, anyone who I was attracted to. Like was also attracted to Yeah. You. And I felt super ballsy and courageous. And I think I really stepped out of my comfort zone on this trip. So I'm really happy for myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's some like solo travel. I feel like you just become so much more confident. Because yeah. It's like there's no expectations about who you are. Like you could be whoever the fuck you want to be. Yeah. It's really cool.
1: I guess I didn't feel a lot. Like I could be whoever I wanted to be more like I wanted to not, I wanted to be who I am and not be self-conscious. So yeah. it's like, I'm never going to see anybody here again. I can dance in the streets of Amsterdam at night if I want to. And like right. smoke this joint and walk like no one cares. So that was nice to just like fully embrace who I am. Yeah yeah um i think yeah that was that was what i wanted to say about my trip that's amazing yeah everyone should
0: solo travel yeah you guys
1: you really should yeah i am such a scaredy cat and i did it so if you're a scaredy cat too you should do it yeah Yeah. only scaredy cat should Mm -hmm. do it yeah if you're confident no (laughs) get out of here
0: News. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was really good.
1: Thanks. All right. Why don't you go ahead because I have been talking a lot.
0: All right. I'm. This might turn into more of a rant than a talking about the news. Rant wheel. Yeah. Literally. Um. So I know you heard about what happened to Katie Hill. But anyone who might not have heard, basically, Katie Hill was a one of the millennial representatives who got elected in the 2018 midterm election, um, along with like AOC and all those bad bitches. And she's a <laughs> she's a representative from California. And so she's been in office, like being a liberal, being awesome. She actually flipped her district. I'm nice. pretty sure I should double check. That, but I'm pretty sure she did. Anyway. She had an abusive ex-boyfriend who basically leaked nudes of her with a campaign staffer that she had a relationship with. Did you see them? No, I didn't look. Did you? No. Yeah. No, I
1: only saw this like briefly on Twitter because I really wasn't reading the news or anything.
0: Yeah. So basically she did have a relationship with this woman who then turned into like started working for her on her campaign, which like kind of is a moral gray area, but not against the rules. Uh, But because of these nudes, there was just like, along with these nudes came an accusation that apparently she also had sex with like a legislative staffer which is against the rules because uh like during the me too movement congress basically said you can't fuck your legislative staffers but she didn't she or at least she says she did not have sex with this person she did admit to having sex with a campaign staffer um and the house decided to investigate her relationship with the legislative staffer even though they're completely unfounded allegations like it was just a vindictive ex and like the left right wing media mm-hmm. it was called like red state the publication that released uh, these nudes um so she ended up stepping down from her position due to these leaked photos wait, wait sorry uh, red state is the one who published the nudes mm-hmm. they published the news along with a story that said she like had a sexual relationship with the campaign staffer and ha- also accused her of having a sexual relationship with the legislative staffer. wait it, that is allowed it's against the law to post someone's naked pictures this is revenge porn yeah. So so, what's happening? So she stepped down because she's worried about what her ex-boyfriend is capable of and what else Wait, can come I out. I thought you said it was a woman. No, so she had a relationship with the congressional uh, campaign staffer who was a woman. Okay. But she had an ex-boyfriend, ex-husband, and who she's she was divorcing. jealous of the relationship. He was he was just vindictive and abusive, basically, okay. and just like wanted to ruin her life. Okay. Okay. And yeah, you know, sense. perhaps uh, I think what article I was reading was like perhaps there were. You know, she started becoming successful in her career, and it caused problems in their relationship. That's yeah, all that, you know, just ideas, but um, yeah. So she stepped down because she was worried about what else he could do, which uh-huh. like is really upsetting because it's just like he broke the law. Why is he not the one that's like g- being penalized, dealing with the consequences yeah. of that? Um. And also, like, as you said, it's against the law. I don't know exactly what, like, legal measures. I believe, like, people are starting to... This li- this happened so quickly. Like, I think this happened on Monday. And mm-hmm. it's now Thursday when we we're recording this. So I don't know, like, what the state of investigations are. But no matter what, she did step down from her position. Like, she's out of office now. Mm-hmm. Which is just, like... I don't know, dude. I was so upset when I heard about that it is upsetting like like, are you kidding me like I definitely have some crazy nudes out there where I'm doing really I have crazy videos out there like you know I see them yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) but like who cares she didn't do anything wrong she didn't break the law and like she shouldn't be the one who's suffering with the consequences of a vindictive ex-boyfriend like I wanted to read some quotes from the the article that I was reading it was a Vox media article that was written by people who work with Or maybe also Carrie Goldberg, who we talked about Uh um, in the revenge porn episode. She's a revenge porn lawyer. I
1: have her book over there.
0: Yeah, I want to read it. You can read it. I haven't opened it yet. (laughs) But basically, here are some quotes from the article that I wanted to share with you guys that resonated with me. Mm -hmm. Revenge porn never happens in a vacuum. Statistics show that offenders distribute intimate images for all sorts of reasons. But the majority of cases we see are like Hills, an ex retaliating against his partner. And yes, the pronouns are intentional. The majority of offenders identify as male. Transforming intimate images into life ruining weapons is just one ornament in an abuser's arsenal. So I wanted to bring that up because some people are saying if this happened to a man, we like would, liberals wouldn't be reacting like this. But that's because it wouldn't happen to a man or like it rarely does. Rarely are like those images used as retaliation against someone Mm -hmm. in like an abusive context. Anthony Weiner, yes his dick pic came out but he was sending his dick pic to randos it wasn't like and a also minors other. and children so like that was more of the, the thing had. More hand. horrific part yeah um another quote from the article they say attacking someone's career is the ultimate goal for many offenders often mm-hmm. it's the victim's rising career that ruptures the relationship mm-hmm. toppling a powerful woman on her way to the top is the ultimate revenge mm-hmm. um and then <laughs> there's two more Men, on the other hand, can be credibly accused of serial sexual assault and yet still find a place in our boardrooms, on the Supreme Court, and in the Oval Office. Brett Kavanaugh, Donald Trump, like, these people who have done horrific things and are still in power, whereas this woman who is just at the beginning of her career, who didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I mean, are you surprised, Miriam? Honestly, yeah. I know I shouldn't be. I know I should be used to this, but it's,
1: like, so... I mean, not used to it, but I I don't know, like... I know I shouldn't
0: be surprised. I know that this is like how the world is, that we live in a misogynist society, but it still like angers me so much. Or it's how the
1: States is. The States? America. The US. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, And then the last thing that they talk about, which like I think it was interesting, a lot of articles have kind of been talking about like this is the first time someone has stepped down from a position due to revenge porn. Mm -hmm. So a lot of publications have been like kind of asking the question, Basically, like if you are under the age of 35, you probably have nudes out there. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be in office, like, is this a problem? Is this something that people are going to be stepping down from or is there going to be a new way that we deal with this sort of shit? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the quotes, the last quote from the article that I'll read, uh, Hill's treatment could impact a rising generation of female leaders who may reconsider a run for public office or vying for executive positions for fear of private sexual material that they shared with partners could become public the hypothetical fear of being a victim of revenge porn or blackmailed by an ex might have a chilling effect on women or members of the LGBTQ community deterring them from applying for high powered or high profile positions. Mm -hmm. So like even the fact that this happened could have really detrimental effects on women being like, Oh wow, Hill had to step down from Mm -hmm. her job. Maybe I like shouldn't be pursuing these things because there are these pictures of their, because I'm a dirty slut. And like, (laughs) it's totally normal and natural to want to take naked pictures of yourself. Like all of art, all of the history of art is pictures of naked women. Like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> I I feel like this is something not unique, but, like, I'm just going to say unique to the States. Like, I, I would love to see data on, for instance, Amsterdam, where sex education, or the Netherlands, where sex education is very valued and very comprehensive. And they start in, like, kindergarten, right. where they learn how to communicate their feelings. Yeah. And here where we have s- there's such a toxic masculinity is such a prevalent thing in the states, like maybe in places where there is no toxic masculinity because of the education system, maybe there isn't so much revenge porn there. Do you right. know what I
0: mean? Like there's less toxic like the thing causing revenge porn is toxic masculinity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I like mean, there were even a lot of Republican co-workers of hills who were saying like this is fucked up oh that's like, awesome yeah a lot of people were saying like this is her personal shit it shouldn't be public and she shouldn't have had to step down like imagine yeah. the most personal thing you have becoming public yeah like that's already horrible mm-hmm. um so that was cool that there were some conservatives out there who were like supporting her but i mean this all happened because of the fucking far right so fuck them yeah fuck you guys and they should be arrested and sent to prison
1: the key to everything is communication yeah and when you don't feel comfortable communicating like a lot of you guys when you write in about your questions like how do I how do I get my how do I convince my girlfriend to give me a blowjob like for you you don't convince you just say like hey can I would you do that for me right
0: you just just fucking we can't read each other's minds yeah ugh yeah Anyway, bummer back to you (laughs) Aria FYI just because you had
1: an orgasm doesn't mean the sex was good ooh um, have you ever had an orgasm
0: that you didn't like? No, <laughs> but I've had orgasms with, and the sex wasn't particularly good. Hmm. Yeah. Because mm. I'm I'm a low low threshold baby.
1: Right. True for for orgasm. Uh. Well, there was this new study that showed that not all orgasms are good. Um. The researchers wanted to see if an orgasm, specifically during consensual sex, they mm. did talk about non-consensual rape, I guess, but I'm going to be focusing on uh, consensual sex, is having the orgasm is usually a positive experience when they wanted to see if it could be negative. And spoiler alert, indeed, they can be. Damn. And bad orgasms can have negative impacts on relationships, sexuality, and psychological health. So it's important that we get into it. So it's published in the Archive of Sexual Behavior uh, with accounts from 289 women. Um, so why wouldn't you enjoy an orgasm during consensual
0: sex? Do you have any guesses? I mean, you're, it's just like your body reacting, right? Like what if you're not mentally there?
1: Yeah, that could definitely be a thing. And also in, in, uh, in cases of sexual assault, it's like you didn't want to have sex, but your body can't help the orgasm it's it's a physiological response um but again this is consensually so the first one having sex when you don't want to but your partner does so avoiding conflict um is that consensual yeah when you're like yeah we'll have sex but like i wasn't really Uh, in the mood like i don't want to um the other person isn't forcing them maybe they're like guilting them into it but ultimately like they they do engage in it so then when they have the orgasm they just like they weren't trying to anyway and right. it happened and they're like Ugh, okay um feeling obligated to orgasm to like when you're trying to even the playing fields and make it fair so like maybe if a woman uh is like trying to orgasm so that she feels like the the dude isn't the only one who's coming right um and i'm, I'm pretty sure this is just heterosexual relationships Um, so then when you have that pressure and then you do orgasm, it's just like not as fulfilling health issues. So here's a quote from one person. She said the orgasm was less pleasurable. It felt like the physio, the physiology of an orgasm without the emotional or spiritual component. Mm -hmm. It was also painful. Like I didn't have the adrenaline to buffer the physical sensation. I don't really understand that. Yeah. Like I can't relate.
0: For me, orgasms are super mental too. Like a lot's happening in my mind.
1: Yeah, you know, but I guess maybe that's that's like a separation. Yeah, there's like a yeah yeah, separation Uh, and then the lack of mental connection. I feel like these are kind of similar. So another quote orgasm was the natural ending to a sexual encounter. So the faster I could get there, the sooner it could be over. But the orgasm was not as pleasurable because I wasn't mentally engaged in the encounter. So, Mm. like, just trying to get it over with. Right. So, like, an orgasm still feels good, but I think it's the intent
0: of the orgasm is what makes it bad. Right. Like, oh, I just want to get this out. Yeah. Is it going to be as fun as just lay back, relax, and come?
1: Yeah. I didn't read all of the people's responses, um, but for the ones who wanted to avoid conflict and were just like, fine, we'll fuck – I feel like they must have been upset with their partner or something because like yeah, because like if you're having sex and then like, I mean, you usually get into it um, and then if and if you get to the point of orgasm, like you would think that they were enjoying it, yeah. but then it was the intent. They didn't want to. Right. So they didn't love that orgasm. Anyway, back to you, Miriam.
0: All right. So if you're a loyal fan of the pod, we've talked about the UK porn block. um, And as we talked about last week, it failed, but that's not stopping Australia from trying their own. So the Australia department of home affairs proposed using its face verification service to verify internet users trying to look at porn. Basically it's the service that like, Scans your face and then matches it to a government ID. Wait, Australia is supposed to be so sex positive. There's, I mean, they're not pass. They haven't passed this yet. They're just talking about it. But the conservatives in the um, department of home affairs are kind of like, we could block porn like for people under 18 years old. Mm. Uh, but obviously, there's a lot of problems with this. Like, I wouldn't want people knowing what type of porn I'm watching based on my government ID you know like I wouldn't want like a BDSM spank tease be tied to my social security number is what I'm saying <laughs> what's Even your though- social
1: security number <laughs> <laughs> good one <laughs> yeah
0: back to you Ariel
1: <laughs> shocking new report women in married or committed relationships have better sex lives that makes sense Meow reports <laughs> No, 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 that's that's the site that they reported oh. This was published this month in the Journal of Sex Research. A um, thousand eighty-four sexually active women ages eighteen to seventy-one Hell completed yeah. an online survey, uh, and the results showed that women in committed relationships had fifteen percent more orgasm than those who weren't, on average. And also, women in relationships were ten percent more likely to be sexually satisfied. Word. Um, This is because you feel comfortable with your partner where you can communicate. And I think we talked about this in in one of the recent episodes that communicating with your partner um, is shown to or couples who communicate with each other have better sex lives. Right. So, again, all about fucking communication. Also, you,
0: like, get to know each other's bodies, you know?
1: Yeah. You get to know what you like. The more that you hook up with someone, the kinkier you can get. Yeah. uh, Just, like, and one-night stands. I mean, if you're doing a one-night stand, in my experience, like, um, if I'm not really into the person, then I am just trying to make them come and leave because, obviously, I'm not coming. Right. And then the other person, maybe if it's a fucking chuck, like, they don't care about me
0: either. Yeah. You're just trying to get your nut. But if you love someone, you like want to make them feel good because you love them and you care about them.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And there was they the article spoke a little bit about this. And and this, I think, is another topic that we could expand on at a different point. But like why a fuckboy might not be into you like someone Mm -hmm. that you're casually having sex with because um, oxytocin is the social bonding hormone that is released in both men and women during orgasm. Um, And also just like when you are cuddling and touching each other. But the the biggest release is during orgasm. So even though I don't orgasm, I'm still like getting the oxytocin during sex. But men's testosterone lowers their release of oxytocin. So women are releasing it more so. And they get more attached than men do. But when you're in a committed relationship,
0: like you're both caring about each other. And you're both getting like oxytocin yeah men in relationships actually have lower levels of testosterone huh mm-hmm. and then they get more, more oxytocin, oxytocin. <laughs> we, should, we should know oxytocin episode yeah definitely back Favorite to you drug. Miriam all right so if you guys follow us on Instagram you have probably heard that Facebook and Instagram same company have updated their community guidelines about sexually suggestive emojis so the media got kind of crazy and was like if you put an eggplant on Instagram you are gonna get taken down oh is that not true that's not true <laughs> Uh, but the guidelines are very vague. So basically, in order to violate the policy, a user's post must meet two criteria. Yeah, let's violate them. Yeah. The first is to offer or ask um, for anything, including nudes, sex, or explicit chats. Like any sexual content, if you're offering or asking for it, that violates it. And it's either implicitly or directly. So porn stars that, you know, like Danny Daniels sometimes will be like, subscribe to my only fans i don't know if she has one of those the like
1: snapchat premium snap exactly
0: that could be misconstrued and considered a violation of this rule Fuck. and then the second criteria is suggestive elements so this includes contextually specific and commonly sexual emoji or emoji strings so if you were like follow my only plant only fans eggplant emoji you could be taken down this includes like a na- a nude photo where you could have like eggplants on your fucking nipples that could be taken down. Um, so obviously this is pretty bad for sex workers and for porn stars, especially because in this modern day and age, Facebook and Instagram is how we market ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we have a Instagram for this pod at SNH pod. And when it was taken down, we got less listens on our podcast. Like it affected our business. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, we've gotten more listens since the Instagram's been back. Yeah, I know. I mean, it could have been like correlation with the certain episodes that were out, like we had our technical difficulties (laughs) episode, but, um, you know, it did go down and it became harder to market and harder to reach people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, yes, Facebook is its own business, but they also like fucking Mark Zuckerberg's running around saying we're not going to fact check political ads. So basically politicians can pay And and, like post ads containing complete lies. But we are going to like micromanage sex workers and porn stars who are trying to just like make fucking money. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like let sex workers make money and make politicians tell the people the fucking truth. I mean, okay, when we (laughs) when we think about how did Facebook
1: get started? Zuckerberg was ranking hot or not women. So this really isn't surprising. Like yeah. he's, he's a misogynistic a, yeah. asshole. Yes. And his little Asian daughter is absolutely adorable. Actually, me I think he has two children. Um and so <laughs> this isn't for her. This is because he
0: hates women. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it It's just policing of sex workers and our bodies and telling us like certain bodies are okay and certain bodies aren't like salty world. I shared like one of their posts the other day where they had pictures of people who have breasts and they photoshopped uh, the like male nipples, male nipples oh, on top that, of the breast. That that so and fun. it was like, are you like, y- you can literally post a topless picture of yourself on Facebook, Photoshop your, a man's nipple on top of your nipple. And that's okay. How do they, how do they know? How people they have tell? done it like in a video. And also Salty had like this whole thing with Instagram because they posted a picture of a non-binary person with their breasts and Instagram took it down. They were like, no, this person's not a woman. This person's non-binary. And Instagram was like, oh, and then they basically had to accept that. But that's like insane. We should all be non-binary. Just let all of our titties out. Maybe that's the loophole. Yeah. We shouldn't identify as women anymore. Yeah. Maybe I'll just start doing that and post my titties on Instagram.
1: Yeah. No, I'm non-binary.
0: Yeah. Don't fuck with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) okay but so does this mean that both of our accounts are going to be taken down again
0: the thing is like it's very there's like a lot of space for loopholes and like you know how you know how we got taken down for stupid bullshit like the fucking algorithm was like this is wrong so i mean the fact that we got our instagrams back shows that we didn't post anything completely violating of the guidelines because they allowed us back on so
1: well i I don't know how that account got yours back but I got mine back only because I got connected with someone who works at Facebook.
0: Right. I think the person I spoke to worked at Instagram. I'm not sure. Uh, I did a lot of questions. Ooh, a
1: little vigilante. I, know. Yeah. I love that. On our side. Oh my god. Yeah. <gasps> that's follow like, them. You know the um uh the deep throat guy who in in the government right yeah. now who like wrote that article. Like we need a group of Facebook people like that. I mean and I guess that's what that account. Yeah, is. Yeah. So this
0: person, you guys should follow them. We'll put them in the show notes. Them dot Feminist? Like feminist Oh yeah. um, cute. So follow them. They're really cute and they travel a lot and they got SMH pod back on Instagram. So that so. they're not anonymous. No. No. Oh, okay. Well then like they, well, they didn't tell me I couldn't say that they did that. So. I think <laughs>
1: don't a lot of people go to them for that? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well secret's out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to you, Ariel. Okay. Um, there's a new dick sucking emoji. Oh, (laughs) like how is this emoji allowed? (laughs) Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? (laughs) Well, I guess Apple created it. Um, but it's this girl on her knees with a ponytail. Um, this tweet went viral like apple was tweeting out um the emojis and then somebody quote t- tweeted it and was like she even got her hair in a ponytail nah that's a dick sucking emoji <laughs>
0: um I, how wonderful i have ios 13 so i'm gonna see if i have that emoji right yeah now. i need a new phone um, you can update your software without getting a new phone
1: um, I still need a new phone. Right. <laughs> if anyone wants to Venmo me for that at orgasmic. Okay. My mm-hmm. last thing. It's not necessarily news, but fuck it. I want to talk about female condoms.
0: Oh. Have you ever used one? Yeah. I've talked about it before. Um can you talk about Sometimes. it again? <laughs> yeah. I've <laughs> only used it once. It goes inside of you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's bigger than a condom, Ooh. like a penis condom. Um, and it basically like, I, as I've said in the past, like must feel like what it feels like to have a penis and wear a condom because it's just less sensation. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the person I was having sex with really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's kind of the reverse Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: (laughs) Imagine if it like literally was reversed and like, oh wait, okay. okay. Same condom could be used like it's reversible
0: no 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 Um, like
1: um okay rachel my roommate and i were were talking about like a movie in which um women it was like a matriarchal society not mm. a patriarchal and how like we would have tampons everywhere and blah 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 um and like what if like women were like no i'm not gonna wear a fucking condom because it doesn't feel as good jared (laughs) jared and then he has to put on his condom yeah okay um So when I was in Amsterdam, I went to this store called Condom Marie. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's the world's first condom specialty shop. They don't make their own condoms, but they have like just every condom. So it's like all they sell is condoms and like a couple art pieces. Right. Um so you couldn't take photographs when you go inside because uh they didn't want to make shoppers feel uncomfortable. Right. But so I walked in and I was like, "Hey, I'm a sex influencer. I'd love to take some photos and just like show this off on the gram." They said, "All right, uh let's get the the owner over here." So this guy um he's like an older dude, very uh spiffy looking. His name is Theodore Van Boven, and we talked. Um he's so dope. We know a lot of the same researchers. So it was really cool talking to him. And he was like, I told him about um, orgasmic and SMH. And he was like, you guys are my like connection to the younger generation. Yeah. And he was just talking about how important it is uh, to have proper sex education and also cater to each country Mm. specifically. So like an approach in Amsterdam might not be the same as um in like france right or the netherlands whatever the fuck okay um so he was showing me the female condoms which we're calling internal condoms Mm, right that makes sense yeah so it's just like a better word for it so they came out in 1992 um and a lot of people don't know about them because they are more expensive to sell because the product is a lot larger right and basically it's it it looks like a condom but bigger and then um there's like a a plastic ring mm-hmm. on both sides um
0: and then you just i guess you just like shove it up yeah and the plastic ring kind of like goes around your uh labia mm-hmm. like it right. doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. like suck into your vagina
1: Um, So you can also use it anally. There's not a lot of research on that, but some gay guys use it. And you don't have to take it out immediately. So if you... Fucked a dude, you can leave it in and still be protected and fuck another dude, but that dude would be at risk. So like right. don't do that. But I'm just saying you like, could
0: technically you use it be twice. at risk, That's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So the pros of internal condoms.
0: They can be used eight hours before sex. I'm uh I'm you're playing footsie. I'm, yeah, we're playing footsie. <laughs> <laughs> but you're wearing a sock, so it's kind of like a condom. Wait, look at my socks! Aren't they cool? Yeah, I was trying to figure out what it was. It's Aww. a woman
1: taking a selfie. I also have really cool a nude um, selfie. I have like boobs, boob socks. I'll show you They're later. So cute. I just got them in Amsterdam. Yeah, or Paris actually. Um. Anyway, so you can put it in eight hours before sex, so, like you don't have to interrupt the sex, like when oh. you're doing it, which is kind of oh, cool. cool. Um. But it is best if you do it like 20 minutes before sex and also if you use lube because apparently there's like a rustling noise that happens. So if you do it that way, then it's better. But like there's like fapping noises when you fuck like whatever. (laughs) Um, People with latex allergies can use it because it's not made out of latex. And so you can also use any lube because of that. Um, And then Miriam just said how the external ring like kind of. It, it's out it's on like your labia and it's also close to your clit so that could stimulate the clit a little bit more depending how you're fucking and if your dude doesn't like wearing condoms you can wear the internal condom and still be protected yeah
0: so but it doesn't feel as good I'm not that, gonna lie.
1: yeah but that that uh doesn't have to be an excuse yeah um, and also if like they lose their erections a lot when they use it, right. I mean, that's like a personal thing and they have to figure that out on, their on their end, but what I okay. Then the cons of them, um, it does take a bit to get used to kind of like using a menstrual cup, mm. which I am not a fan of. I mean,
0: I only used it once and it, I got it pretty quickly and that was before i was using a diva cup so it wasn't that hard you went to Cornell. (laughs) that's true (laughs) (laughs) can't deny that
1: okay so then although the outer ring hanging out of the vagina can hit the clit it also can look kind of uggo it's not the cutest yeah and so people just might not really like that um and they are less effective than condoms. Mm. So five out of 100 women will get pregnant a year when they're used properly versus two out of 100 with condoms. Okay. Um, so like it's not that much different. Yeah. But what else? it does. And it's more expensive, like I said, because it costs more to produce. And because people aren't buying them, they're not so readily available. Right. Um, companies just don't want to be making them or selling them because they're an investment but you should try it yeah give it a go tell us what you think he gave me uh some to try so like yeah maybe i will if i find someone to have sex with i actually do have some people i can have sex with i just like i just don't really want to have sex with them oh so fuck
0: someone else i find someone
1: (laughs) uh yeah but like it's easier to just deal with what I got, you know? (laughs) Totally. Okay. There
0: was one thing before we get into the study that I just got reminded of. I was supposed to talk about this at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a fun little story, kind of. My coworker's wife is a PR person, and she represents Trojan. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you and I both know, 13 states in the U.S., um, only 13 states require sex ed to be medically accurate. Mm Mm-hmm. And in a lot of these states where a sex ed isn't medically accurate, one example of how they talk about sex to basically shame students about sex is to say they have them chew a piece of gum. Then they spit out the gum and then they show it to someone else and they say, would you chew this gum? And they're like, no,
1: yes, bitch, because I'm a dirty (laughs) motherfucker.
0: And they're like, that's how that's what sex is like. Like once you don't want to be used gum, basically chewed gum. So uh, this PR agent is teaming up with or working for Trojan. And she was in the like in front of the White House posted this huge sculpture, basically of a bunch of chewed up gum. Oh, my God. And it says like, you are not chewed gum. Yeah, I really liked it. I'll share the picture to the Instagram. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? Oh my god. Right. There's like
1: a um a handful of those sort of tactics that people use. I don't remember the
0: other one. There was like a lock and key like you want to have a key that can open a bunch of locks, but you don't want to have a lock that'll open to any key. Oh my god, you rude. One was like a used sock. I've heard. I don't understand. I mean, one. I
1: use my socks at least 3 times. Yeah, I mean if they don't smell bad, like, yeah. you know, I'll
0: stick it back so. on. So
1: <laughs> Uh, you can only have sex with three different people yeah only three different pairs <laughs> but the once socks. you start smelling bad you gotta stop yeah <laughs> it's time to
0: put it in the wash
1: <laughs> as in uh baptized yes you get yeah born again or in the mikvah if you're jewish i should probably go to the mikvah just kidding
0: yeah it's not dirty to have sex but no obviously it's clean if you are clean yeah. If you're dirty, it can be it can quite be dirty dirty. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Ariel? Porn addiction. Jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> Are you addicted to porn? Definitely not. <laughs> Are you? No. Oh. All right. Podcast over.
1: <laughs> I guess when I was younger, I thought maybe I was watching porn too much, but that's only because I was young and didn't. Shame and stigma.
0: Yeah. And yeah. like, I mean, I definitely watched a lot of porn when I was younger, when I was first discovering sex. Mm hmm. Um, I watched a lot
1: of um, Britney Spears music videos before I watched porn. Yeah, I that's like, uh, like pre-porn. I'm definitely watching
0: too much of Britney Spears <laughs> making out with Madonna. I used to listen to, this is really embarrassing. So Z100 used to do these phone taps where they would pr- prank call yeah. people. And sometimes the prank calls were like, they would be pretending to have sex in the prank calls. And you'd masturbate And I would to masturbate that? to that. That's yeah. so
1: funny. Yeah. So you would like um, audio porn.
0: Yeah speak oh we don't have a <laughs> nope. right? no yeah cut that out um yeah i would like audio porn but anyway should i go first with mine or is yours yeah no go ahead okay so my study was called online porn addiction what we know and what we don't a systemic review well so porn is a behavioral addiction unlike a substance addiction mm-hmm. where you would you know be taking a substance porn's a behavioral addiction like gambling um or like shopping is an addiction too mm-hmm And the behavioral addiction consumption model is consists of three things. So impaired control, basically you're trying to reduce behavior, but you actually can't control yourself. Um, Impairment. So loss of interest and neglect in other areas of life. Like Mm -hmm. you're not hanging out with your kids. You're masturbating to porn Mm -hmm. Um, and risky use. So you're using, using are watching porn despite the fact that it's, fucking up your life and like Mm -hmm. watching it could be even risky like maybe you're in the office or something right you have no control yeah this kind of gets conflated with hyposexual disorder because Mm -hmm. there's just not enough research in this space um and usually uh porn addiction is associated with significant distress feelings of shame and psychosocial dysfunction so one study that they reviewed in Australia, had 21,000 participants. Mm. They found 1.2% of women and 4.4% of men consider themselves to be addicted to sex and pornography. Good, that's very low. Yeah, but it's also like three times the men, basically. So this Mm -hmm. is a little bit more skewed to people who identify as men. Mm -hmm. And also gay men? They didn't specify. Well, I found that in my research,
1: so just a little supplemental. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So...
0: Um, Some predictors for problematic sexual behavior and porn use include being a man, um, young age, religiousness, Mm. frequent internet use, Mm. negative mood states, being generally prone to sexual boredom, and novelty seeking, which I think a lot of people are novelty seeking, but yeah. In general, as I mentioned before, it's very hard to study and define pathological sexual behavior without stigmatizing people because... Mm -hmm one person was trying to define it as like having more than seven orgasms a week. But like that's pretty stigmatizing towards us multi orgasmic bitches like me. Yeah. Um, but this is a real thing. There's evidence of tolerance to porn if you're addicted and withdrawal symptoms. So if you're not watching porn, like you start feeling shitty. Um, and this addiction is basically driven by a need to reduce anxiety, not actually sexual desire. So that's an addiction, right? Like if you enjoy doing Coke, you're not addicted to it but if you like feel really anxious and horrible unless you do coke then that's an addiction Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of me smoking weed exactly like (laughs) (laughs) because i have
1: anxiety right
0: right so and this is just true in general of addiction like some people are just more prone to it than others especially Mm -hmm. if you have underlying mental health issues Mm -hmm. um one theory about addiction to porn is that it might be considered super normal stimuli so our ancestors did not evolve with porn. They had like maybe cave drawings and they fucked each other.
1: <laughs> Those cave drawings are hot. Yeah, but Have there you wasn't seen the Pompeii
0: drawings. Oh yeah, they're super hot. But there wasn't like live action, fucking like <laughs> gangbang bukkake <laughs> shit, you know. Um, and so it's like overstimulates us in a way that regular imagery and regular sex almost can't because. You can't always be having bukkake. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> you just can
0: <laughs> I mean, some people can. Bukkake served daily. Yeah. <laughs> that's our new coffee shop. Um, <laughs> they looked at the brains of patients with compulsive sexual disorder. Bukkake and found- brew. Sorry. It's yeah, <laughs> that's a really good coffee for our coffee <laughs> shop. When we get really
1: famous, that's going to be in our store. Yeah,
0: 100%. Okay. <laughs> but they found that the brain patterns of people with compulsive sexual disorder do mirror those of people who are addicted to drugs. So it's not like they're sexually attracted to everything, but when they view sexual stimuli, they like react heavily in their minds the way a drug addict does. Um. So, yeah, that's basically everything that I wanted to say about that, Um. except one more thing. This is definitely a thing, porn addiction, but it's not that different from like video game addiction or shopping addiction. Like it's not fucked up. It's not like porn is inherently addictive. It's Mm -hmm. just that it does release dopamine to watch porn as it releases dopamine to exercise and do a lot of other things. And if you're dealing with like mental health issues, that could be a coping mechanism or like a way to escape your problems. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that porn is inherently addictive.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, My study kind of negates what you just said. Oh, shit. All right. Hit me. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I bit my tongue because I do interrupt you a lot, and um, I was trying not to. So, yeah, psychologists prefer to use compulsive sexual behavior disorder over hypersexual disorder or porn addiction, like you said, because it's very stigmatizing. Um, And actually, both of those – Latter two that I just said were re- those terms were rejected by the DSM and the APA, American Psychoanalytic mm-hmm. Association, because they're like no, um, and yeah, so they say it describes a behavioral pattern, like you said, not an addiction, and the behavioral pattern focuses, um, or the uh, psychologists. Perf- Psychologists prefer to focus on treating the underlying issue rather than the behavior itself. So all those mental issues you were talking about, this is a coping mechanism. Let's figure out the root of the problem. Right. And then that will lead into like not treating yourself, not self-medicating with porn or shopping or whatever it may be, gambling. Nicole Prouse an IU alum. And Vaunt Steele published a paper on on porn addiction in 2013, where they claim that porn addiction isn't real in the sense that neurologically it doesn't behave like other addictions. And from that study, they got six legal threats and anonymous (laughs) emails telling them to kill themselves. Holy shit. Nicole Prouse is one of my favorite researchers. She founded Liberos LLC, which Mm is uh, dedicated to sex research. Um, She does a lot of like fMRI and EEG studies like having people masturbate um, in her lab and like seeing all those physical responses. So that's very controversial and she's constantly getting these emails and death threats. I would follow her on Twitter. She's so badass and just like yeah, the more people fight back at her the more she fights back. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two years later in 2015, she and a bunch of other researchers came out with a study called Modulation of Late Positive Potentials by Sexual Images in Problem Users and Controls Inconsistent with Porn Addiction. So Late Positive Potential, LLP, measures like the brain reaction, the like image, the um, how your brain is reacting to the stimuli that you see. Right. Okay. Um, so it was published in the Journal of Biological Psychology and it reaffirmed their previous findings that porn addiction isn't real in the sense that some people believe it. So it's the largest neuroscience investigation of porn addiction ever studied. Um, and it included 122 participants, So it doesn't seem that big, but it's still the largest one. So they asked them questions about... Uh, their relationship with visual sexual stimuli and they were hooked up to an EEG, which is this device that measures electrical activity in the brain. So it's, um, if you've seen back to the future in the f- first movie where doc has like that head, that like, um, helmet thing on that was basically, an EEG. I've done it
0: before, but I didn't have a helmet. They like actually put it on. My yeah. Head. The like, um, the little sticker electrodes. thingies. Yeah.
1: yeah. um, Okay, so they were they were hooked up to this, and they were shown a few categories of photos: pleasant ones like skydiving, that's what they said, like that's I, pleasant. I wouldn't say that's <laughs> that sounds like scary a little. Yeah. <laughs> Neutral ones like portraits, unpleasant ones like mutilated bodies, yeah, and sexual images. So the participants um, were comprised of people who have reported um, they themselves think that they're addicted to porn, and then others who don't. Um, So the researchers examined the participants late positive potential, which, like I said, it measures the intensity of the brain's emotional response at a given moment. The results people who reported being addicted to porn did not have the same addictive brain activity as people with other addictions when they saw the sexual images. Yeah. Weird. For example, a cocaine user who sees an image of cocaine would have an increased LPP Response. And then actually, people who experienced those major problems with porn usage showed a decreased brain activity when they saw the sexual image, which is opposite of an addict's brain. Yeah. Notably, porn addicts can experience legit problems. Like you said, Mm -hmm. this study was not saying that porn addiction isn't real or consuming porn doesn't lead to distressing problems in someone's life. But that calling it an addiction on the model which addiction is based is not right. Like fallacy, yeah. And that's harmful because when you're trying to treat the addiction, you shouldn't be using like a 12-step program or mm. treatments that you use for regular addictions. Right. So that's why it's so important to differentiate this and why these results are so
0: important. I wonder why... I think I need to look back at my study to understand because it was a review. So they were probably looking at a lot of shit. Maybe it was older, an older study. Yeah, I
1: think they were. I mean, I, I was reading on a bunch of articles and, and a lot of them, especially ones that were trying to make the case that porn addiction is really bad, um, more likely to be like religious mm-hmm. uh, websites. They were either basing their information off of really old studies that maybe they just didn't have like the right methodology or. Or the study was biased or like they, right. I don't know, it was wrong or just like very whatever. I mean, it's really
0: hard to extricate bias from science. Like it's just difficult. So,
1: yeah. um. But fun. also a lot of them, when I was reading, they didn't even cite their sources. They were just like, um, yeah, you know, the brain, it looks the same as a cocaine addict's right. brain, just like you said. But that's not actually true as uh, this shows. So.
0: But also, this is one study with a kind of small sample size. So there, I think, like at least what I took away from my study was that there just needs to be more research because there isn't really much right now.
1: They're not saying that porn addiction isn't real, but that it shouldn't be treated
0: as in the same way as like a cocaine addiction. Yeah,
1: like an alcoholic has to just stop drinking; like they cannot drink alcohol. Yeah, someone who's addicted to porn, there's like an underlying thing going on. So what she says. Is that um, there's this type of therapy called ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy, which is a, a viable approach that can involve reducing viewing over time, but not eliminating it. Like porn is not inherently bad, but there's a reason why somebody might be consuming it so much and we have to like the treatment should be tackling why why are they self-medicating that way rather than the behavior of exactly exactly um and because if you're treating it like an addiction like you're probably not going to be able to help that person because it's not the right way um and articles that i was reading were also talking about how porn addiction can lead to erectile dysfunction Mm. and that's also very messy There's a lot of different factors of why watching a lot of porn can lead to erectile dysfunction.
0: That feels like more correlation than causation. Yeah. I feel like.
1: Yeah. And there's just, yeah, that's like a whole other thing. But if you're addicted to porn, you're not definitely going to have erectile dysfunction. Right. And well, listen to our erectile dysfunction episode. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember what it was, but just like fucking go to work a few episodes ago. You guys yeah, can find it. A couple yeah. back.
0: There's this thing that I learned in bio class when they teach us about correlation versus causation. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, an increase in ice cream sales are correlated with an increase in murders. So if you look at that, you could be like, Oh my God, ice cream makes people kill people. Oh my God. We have to all stop eating ice cream. But it turns out ice cream sales go up in the summer and hot weather gets people more like aroused you know. Wait I thought it was that people are more likely to be outside. Oh I thought it was like in the summer it's hotter so you get like madder. <laughs> no oh. that's not it. Well, well
1: and I I can say that because I was a psych minor. Yeah
0: I was a human development minor which is well, kind of like a psych minor. Well but you're wrong. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it but you yeah. have to like just because there's a correlation doesn't mean that one thing causes the other thing exactly
1: yes cool should we answer some questions oh yeah
0: we heard you die
1: Questions about sex, not snakes, then ask it here on sex questions. I got this email and (laughs) from a listener who says, I met someone who I really like, but unfortunately is obese and has a small dick. I really want to have sex with him, but I don't know how that's possible.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that question. Like, it's a penis you can still <laughs> hop on it also you don't have to have piv to yeah have sex
1: that's such a good point listen to our virginity episode
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you like him then just do it you know make out with him just see where it goes like so what
0: if he's obese and has a small dick you can definitely still fuck him like i'm the it go on still top work. maybe yeah probably go on top and like move the yeah. A little
1: bit. Like doggy style. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe missionary, not. Who knows? Yeah.
0: yeah. Maybe Just go for have it. have fun with it.
1: Okay. Easy. Boom. Cool. We are, we got to end this. Yeah.
0: So follow us on Instagram at smhpod. Email us, the smhpod at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.